Welcome to the Calvary Chapel Naples Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by this week's message. For more information about this podcast and other Calvary Chapel Naples resources, please visit us at ccnaples.org. Let's pray and get into session, I guess this is actually session three. Session three, this is going to be about curses and roles of men and women. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would please give us clear instruction from the Bible today, and that you, through the power of your word, would come in and make things new in our lives, especially as it regards this issue of marriage. Lord, sometimes we have to face some things within ourselves, Lord, in a marriage, and sometimes we have to face things that we'd, we'd maybe rather not face. But you, Lord, are faithful, faithful to show us the way forward, faithful to show us even some things that may hurt, that you may heal them, make us stronger, and make us more fit for the kingdom. And I just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight, roles, and I forgot to write the word up here, roles and curses. I'll get into this in just a minute. Just a quick review from last week. Um, last week, there were basically two sessions. One was on origins, like where, where did marriage come from? That was a discussion of Genesis chapter 1 and also Matthew 19, where Jesus talks about it, talking about how God made marriage, that he put the man and the woman together, and he drew the woman out of man, right? And they were to be the, the image bearers of, of the Godhead, right? Um, and he said, I've, I've made them, I've made them in my image. In fact, we get that wonderful Trinitarian thing. He says, let us make man in our image. And then the marriage, the first marriage that actually happens, of course, is in Genesis chapter 2, where it talks about, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father, and that, that whole prophetic passage talking about uh, the union. Then, of course, we jumped into Gen, uh, excuse me, to Ephesians chapter 5, where we talk about the purpose of marriage. So we have the origin of marriage, where the, the two genders, the two sexes came from, the union of them, and now the purpose of it. Why does your marriage exist? What is the purpose of your marriage? And I was just talking with some people before class here. <clears throat> if you don't have a goal and a unified goal about what's supposed to be happening, how can you know if you're going in the right direction? It's just, it's impossible. You have to have a reason, a purpose behind the marriage, more than just we like each other. Well, and that's, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Or that, oh, we like to do the same things. So again, that's nothing wrong with that either. But Ephesians tells us that the mystery and, and the, the purpose behind marriage is a representation, as you're going out in public, of Christ and the church, that those who are Christians and in Christian marriage should be demonstrating to the rest of the world and the church in general what Christ looks like relationally and what the church looks like. And we talked briefly about that at the end of, of the last session, right? The Christ, the Christ figure, which is supposed to be the male, is the one who is leading in sacrificial love. And the church, of course, is the female su submitting to that loving leadership, and that's how the relationship is supposed to go. Today, we're going to be digging into more deeply into those roles of the men and women. What are we really called to do? 
And actually, to begin this study, we're actually going to look at the curses that happen after the fall of mankind in Genesis chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to begin in verse 16. Now, excuse me. As you probably know, chapter 3 is a huge, huge point within the, within the, um, the book of Genesis because it talks about the fall of man. Uh, when man listened uh, to uh, the serpent, which of course is a figure of Satan, and gave in. And there was a consequence for them giving in. And the, the consequence were the curses that happened basically now that sinful nature was, was put upon them once they opened their eyes and they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there began to be consequences. And anybody who's been a Christian for any length of time, you, you understand when you enter into sin, not just looking at temptation, but you enter into sin, are there consequences? Of course there are consequences. And so what we read here are the consequences, and they're really important because I think they really help open our eyes as to what we're dealing with in marriage because the consequences for women, the consequences for men, are very different. And I think they really help us to understand the weakness and and strengths within the roles in the marriage relationship. Let's begin in verse 16. These are the curses that were appointed to the woman. So this is the Lord speaking. He, he just gave the, the, uh, the curse to the serpent, and of course that's very interesting, but we're just focused on verse 16. He says to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. What is this all about? Well, there's a couple things going on here. The first thing is that for the woman, the, the big idea here is that for the woman, what she generally has to deal with is what I would call power struggles. Let's actually start with the last couple of verses there, or the end of verse 16. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. The word there for desire actually means the idea of ruling instead of. And what that means is that a woman is always going to be dealing with, especially in a marital relationship, with the issue of trusting her husband versus trying to rule over her husband. And that will be something that you will deal with every single day. It's part of the curse that women have to deal with. And it says, your desire shall be for your husband, which means your desire shall be to control that, but the result is that, but he and he shall rule over you. Or in other words, like, that's not the way it's supposed to happen. He is supposed to have leadership over you. Now, this is a curse. This is not, this is not good news. This is a curse. But it's important to understand it because if you as a woman are in a marriage or in a relationship and you're wondering about like, how much control should I give this guy? Or, or should I let him do this or do that? It's like, yes, welcome to the curse that all women deal with, right? This, this is something that in, in some ways should maybe make things understandable. Like, oh, I, I have dealt with this. I have thought about those things. I, I have wondered what my role is and what am I supposed to do with this? Now, the first part of it 
is about the issue of, of children. So, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception, right? So to get, to get pregnant in a physical way, as well as, as, as giving birth, and we all know that's, that's straight up facts, right, for ladies? <laughs> this is a painful process of bringing forth children. But it doesn't just mean conception, it doesn't just mean birth, it's also the raising up of children. So the idea of actually raising a child and dealing with that that this is all part of the, the pain and the sorrow. And if you've talked to any mom who's had to deal with children for any length of time, you know that heartbreak is part of the deal. It's part of the deal. You know, you have to deal with the pain of bringing them into the world. And you've heard, you've heard moms say to their children, I brought you into this world. And you know, you know how the rest of it goes, right? Why do women say that? Is it because they're just mean? No, it's because they understand the pain. They understand the pain, and the children, as of yet, usually have not understood that pain the way that the mom has. So she's, she's invested, and she's invested in pain, and, but that's also part of the dynamic, right? So she's having to deal with the husband issue, the power. She's also dealing with children. Guess what? Children have power too, right? If you've had children, or if you have children now, you understand this. They might be smaller, but they're not in, like, incapable of voicing their opinions. And so that's part of the pain process too. So this is, this is what a woman has to deal with throughout her entire life, these things, these curses that come upon them. All right, so to summarize that, power, submission to man, dealing with children, and how to, how to kind of deal with that. Now, one thing that I think is really interesting, and this, we have to go back in Genesis to, um, to verse 16. Look in chapter two of verse six, uh, I'm sorry, chapter two, verse 16. It says there, "And the Lord God commanded the man." Notice that it says the man, because at this point there was only Adam. That's all there was at this point. He commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And of course that is when death entered the world, physical death and spiritual death. Now, what's really fascinating about that is God spoke to Adam, the commandment. He did not speak this to Eve. Eve came just a little bit later in that chapter. It came into existence. But who speaks first to Eve? Is it God? No, it's Satan. In chapter 3, the beast, the serpent, he's the one who speaks to her. Do you see the issue? Satan will always try to get in and, and delve into the issues of power and relationships because he knows if he's trying to speak to the weaker one, he can undermine the process. And that's why he goes and speaks to the woman. Now, are they both responsible? Yes, I'm not trying to get in, in, into any of those kinds of discussions. The issue is this. Part of dealing with the curse is dealing with, with power. The issue of who has the power and, and who and what forces are going to try to undermine that power. Are you going to give in in your, in your marital relationship to how Satan operates how he tries to undermine things and how he tries to get things backwards, or are you going to submit yourself to God's ways, which are smooth and flowing, and they, they have provide healing? The choice 
is yours. Let's move on to the, the curses for what men have to deal with. Then to Adam, this is now back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. Now, I just pointed this out. This is not a verse where you can say, I'm never going to listen to you again, woman, in my life, because the Bible says, no, 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 no. You do not have that kind of permission. What is God pointing out? He's pointing out what I just showed you, that he heeded his wife's voice, because Eve is the one who brought to him the fruit. The problem isn't just the woman. The problem is that the man chose not to heed the Lord's voice. He heeded his wife's voice instead of that. And that's a huge thing for men. Men have an issue with leadership. Who are we going to be led by? Are we going to lead ourselves doing what we think is best and right in our own eyes, as the book of Judges says? Or are we going to be submitted husbands, submitted to the Father of lights and to what he gives. The issue is not don't listen to your wife. The issue is listen to the Lord first and foremost and then listen to your wife. So anyhow, let's get on past uh, verse 17 here. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, and then here comes the curse, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field, and in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. This is really ultimately at the, at the end of this curse is the, ultimately the understanding of where death comes in. And it comes in to the curse of the man. That he says now to you, death will come. You will return back to the earth from which I made you. This is part of the curse. Now notice with the man, what his primary responsibility is again is to, to heed the voice of the Lord but then also that part of the curse is for him to have to toil while he is on, the work, on, on this earth. And I love, I think the verse that summarizes it the most, verse 19, in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. And I, I always just think about days where I have been working on various things and I've just had to, you had to kind of take a break in the middle of the day, you're like working in the shed or whatever, and you just all, it's just, it's just constantly just getting the sweat off your face and you don't care what kind of sandwich you have in your left hand. If it's just food, you're fine. And I just think like that's men right there. That kind of summarizes it. So the curse for men has to do with the issue of, of toil, the fact that things are generally not going to come easily thorns and thistles in your life. And you may have workplace situations. You may have things you've had to do in your work. You learned how to learn how to provide for your family. You had to learn how to, a, a, a job, a profession. You had to learn how to work hard. You had to learn that you had to work even harder to get to whatever levels. And it's just constantly, there's toil involved in providing for the family. But that's also what God has ordained through this curse, that you're going to have to walk through that in order to be the provider. So for the man, the curse is what kind of leadership are you going to be led by? Are you going to heed the voice of the Lord, 
versus another voice, and it, can be, it doesn't have to just be your wife's voice, it'll be some other voice that's trying to get you off. And also, are you going to deal with the issue of the toil that is here on earth, right? And men commiserate about this all the time, right? This is something that, that men kind of commonly complain about together. It's part of the, the bond of men. It's like, yeah, you, hard day at work. Yeah, man, hard day at work. Okay, I'll see you later. You, know, it's just, you just kind of mentioned in passing, it's like, yeah, it's because it says it in Genesis, right? That's, that's why we're talking about this uh, in whatever situation within, within the work, workplace. Okay, we're going to transition now. So that's the curses. And, and, and the, the reason I wanted to bring that up, and I think I mentioned this before, is that when you understand not just what you go through, what the curses are for the women, and be like, oh, I, I get that, or for men, oh, yeah, I get that. What I really want you guys to do is this. I want the women to be able to understand a little bit more about what the man has to do with, with the curses and vice versa for, for men to understand and learn a little bit more empathetically about the curses that the woman has to do with. Because the more you understand what someone else is going under, the more you're going to be able to compassionately deal with and understand why it is that the instructions have been given in such a certain way for the roles of men and women, okay? So understand, your spouse is under one of these curses. They're going to deal with it constantly. Now, of course, if you, if you believe in Christ, you're not under the, like, you know, the curse of, of, of hell. You're not under the curse of eternal, eternal death. You have eternal life before you. You have, you have heaven. You have these understandings. But while you're on this earth you're going to walk through the mud, right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> so our job in this class is to learn how to deal with the mud in as beautiful way as possible, right? Make it, make it into a clay sculpture from the mud, okay? So let's, let's do something beautiful with, with the mud. So we're going to get into the roles of man and the roles of women. We're going to begin with the role of the man. And I'm largely just drawing here from kind of the ending verses of Ephesians 5. If you want to turn back there to Ephesians chapter 5, we were here quite a bit last week. Ephesians chapter 5, of course, it's kind of the, the seminal uh, study and chapter on, on marriage, in addition to 1 Corinthians 7. But the, the very last verse here in Ephesians 5 says this, nevertheless, this is verse 33 of Ephesians chapter 5, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So the, the kind of culmination, the kind of arrival point here is that the man's role is to love his own wife as himself. And we learned earlier in that chapter, of course, to also love your wife as Christ loves the church. So how do you do this? Step one understand, understand the burdens that a woman deals with. That's your job. If you're really loving your wife, part of loving her is understanding her, having empathy. Your job, you're not supposed to be her, but you are supposed to understand her. Turn with me in, in, the, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, where it says this, if I can get there, 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, that means with your wife, with understanding. Giving honor to the wife as to 
the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. So there's an interesting thing there about the prayer life of the man and his ability to understand and have empathy towards his wife. So understanding the burdens, that's understanding the curses, understanding the things that they wrestle with, the things that they are constantly dealing with day in and day out. Can you understand, first of all, men, that your wives, these women that you've been blessed with, that they deal with this issue of leadership constantly, that they have to be always dealing with this issue of the desire for that role. To be, and, and, and being ruled over, and how that, that's not a simple thing. That is a complex thing that, that women have to deal with. I think probably for a lot of women, they're like, how do I fit into this situation? I'm supposed to be an equal, and yet I have a position that's, I'm supposed to be submissive, but I'm supposed to be, I have thoughts and ideas, but I'm supposed to, am I supposed to put them behind here? Am I supposed to put them over there? Am I, am I supposed to raise my hand? Am I supposed to charge forth? Am I supposed to say, get behind me, Satan? You know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Have you thought that sometimes? What's my role here? You have to understand, husband, that she deals with that, that that's part of the, the, the burden, and that maybe she wants to trust you, but there's a big part of her that says, well, I didn't, I tried that, and it didn't work. And so she's going to go with, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. That's the giving in to the curse we just read about, right? Her desire shall be basically to rule instead of. That's something that your wives deal with, okay? Now remember, they deal with that while you're by their side, but they were dealing with that before they met you. <laughs> when they were daughters growing up, they probably dealt with those things. As they were in the dating process, they dealt with those things. They're dealing with them now. It's not going to go away. Your job is to minister to that. Then, that's, and that's, that's the first issue. As a wife, that's what they have to deal with. Then on top of that, if, if there are children in the relationship, the children in their family, then as a mom, she's going to be dealing with yet another secondary level of dealing with the physical and emotional pain about having children. What's going to happen to these kids? That flies through women's minds all the time. Where's Johnny? What's going to happen to him? What about when he goes to college? Oh, who's he going to marry? Can we just get him through? He's going he's gonna to die on the water slide. You know, these, I mean, like, well, it doesn't matter what it is. College, water slide, you know, like the simplest things. That has been stuck in your brains. Men, you have to realize and be empathetic this is how a woman's brain works. This is what she's been, these are the cards she's been dealt, that she has to deal with. It's not her fault that she has to think through those things. Your job is, again, to minister to her and understand that's part of it. You can't shame someone for something they have to naturally deal with, but you can be helpful in, in, in guiding them, leading them, so they don't have to be lost and kind of giving into fear. Or, and, and, and fear is one of, the huge relation, one of the huge things that women deal with that is probably a plague of women. If I had to think about one thing that women deal with the most, 
is fear. They're the weaker vessel. So there's a, there's a fear about physicality, right? Will they just be taken care of? There's a fear about children, about what's going to happen. If, they, if women don't learn how to deal with this issue of fear in your lives, and, and, and women, you can probably be as a, just as a testimony, if you don't look at fear and take it down, does it take you down? It takes you down. And husbands, your job is to understand that. They are dealing with that, and you need to be compassionate, but also truthful and strong to teach them and help them to deal with those issues. A man's job is to love his wife with understanding. Some of the most important words you can learn as a husband are, well, there's sorry, sorry's up there, right? Sorry is definitely up there, but, but, you know, tell me about it. Tell me about it, you know? She's going to be bottling all that stuff up. Tell me about it. What are you dealing with? Let her talk. Let her deal with and, and explain to you the things that are going on so that you know. And she's, you know what she's going to feel like when you tell her, hey, just talk to me. Tell me what's going on. She will feel loved by you just saying, I'm here. Talk to me. I'll listen. You will feel loved by that. It's a simple thing, but it's a profoundly important thing because it is allowing the woman to, to honestly deal with the curses she's dealing with, the, the problems, the things that are there in her mind and her heart, and that she knows she has a safe place where she can talk about those things and, and kind of release them, you know? It says also in 1 Peter that we're supposed to dwell with them with understanding, but it also says, knowing that they are the weaker vessel. A, a man is supposed to deal with his wife not in a coddling way. You're not supposed to act as though they're lesser than you, but simply to be, for all intents and purposes, a rock for them to lean upon. That's the idea. A weaker vessel needs something else to support it, not to squash it. That's the wrong form of biblical uh, leadership. To support it. In fact, to bring it to maturity. Your job as a husband is to help nurture your wife, to bring out all the things that she's supposed to exhibit in that church figure to best match with you in the Christ figure. Think about how many things the church has to learn in order to be a good church, just even a local church, right? It has to learn about prayer. It has to learn about uh, Bible study. It has to learn about sacrificial activity within the community. It has to learn about this and that, women's, men's groups, all, all this kind of stuff, prayer, fellowship. A woman has to learn those things too so that she can be nourished and brought up in such a way that can, she can be like in her full potential. And she needs to know that you are there understanding that she can lean on you. If she knows that she can trust you, guess what happens to that whole issue of the desire and the I'll do it myself? It becomes a lot easier to kind of lay that down, to understand that I can submit to this because I don't have to be in fear about what's going to happen. This rock is next to me. He's going to listen to me. He's going to support me. He's going to help me. 
I can submit to that leadership. And to be, you see, now the bull begins to roll because everyone's able to do their part. Now what happens if that doesn't happen? What if she has to deal with all the fears herself and she can't tell you about them? What do you think happens to the trustometer when that happens? It goes, cucks down a couple of cogs. And when you tell her, you know, I'm not really interested in hearing what's going on with you and all the stuff you're dealing with. And what you're, you're, what you're basically causing, you're causing her to become a stubborn woman. I'm not saying it's all the man's fault. I'm just saying a man has a job, and that job is spelled out for us very clearly to be the Christ-like figure, right? And in 1 Peter, to, to dwell with understanding and support. That's your job, you know? And I don't know if, you, if, you're, if you're listening to this as a woman, I don't know what's going on inside your heart, but I, I, I would guess that what's going on is, ah, yeah, that's, I, I need that, <laughs> you know? Right? Are all the women in the, in the room saying, yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. And it's because that's how God made them. And the, the curses that they've had to deal with are the things that they've inherited themselves, you know? Some of the sin proclivities of your wife were inherited from generations upon generations of things that were brought up in families that they, members didn't even know. They were passed down to them. Things backed even to Eve passed down to them. And they're just alive and kicking and deal with them. All right? Help them to deal with those things. They are realistic and important things. So, a man's job is also to seek the Lord on behalf of your family. And again, that goes back to that first verse I read in, the, uh, in Genesis 3, 17, where he says, because you listen to your wife instead of to me. So you're supposed to dwell with your wives with understanding, but you're also supposed to be before the Lord because as a leader of a home, you're not really the leader. You're the sub-leader. You have a leader. And who is your leader? Christ. You need to be going to him for guidance. You're going you're gonna to go across all kinds of situations, guys, where you do not know the answer. And that's God-ordained because then you have to go to him for it. And things you don't know what to do. That's fine. Seek and ask for wisdom, it tells us in the book of James, right? Legitimize her needs, take care of her needs, and go before the Lord to acquire the leadership and the growth in you to be this kind of man who actually can dwell with understanding. Now, that's the role of the men. Now, the role of women. Again, back to Ephesians 5.22, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going kind to of, kind of loosely quote from it. She says, it says there that you're supposed to respect your husband. And earlier in that chapter, it says that you're supposed to submit to him and everything. And right off the bat, most women think to themselves, oh, what? What do you mean? What about me? Well, let's get to that. You're supposed to submit to the leadership of your husband, and you're supposed to respect him. How? Well, let's go back to the curses. You need to understand, just as the man has to understand the burdens that you deal with, 
you also need to understand the burdens that men deal with. It's not, it's not a one-way, it's a two-way street here, guys. It's a two-way street. Everybody's got to get instruction. Every good one's got to get some, uh, some information here. At the beginning of that curse is that statement. It's a, it's a sad statement. Because you listen to her instead of me. What does this mean for men? It means men are going to constantly struggle with the issue of leadership, not from the perspective of maybe um, just whether I should have leadership or not, but who will I go to instead of just listening to my own opinion? Classic illustration with men, right? We're driving somewhere new. All right, I, you know, do, you, do you need to look at the directions? Nah, nah. I've got it. I've got it. We like our opinions as men. We like them. They're kind of like a drug or something, you know? And we're like, no, I think I can figure it out, you know? I'm like a homing pigeon. I can kind of figure my way out anything. In, in, in my life, when, when, my, when my wife and I drive somewhere, I'm known as, I'm drive boy and she's nav girl because she's really good at navigation and I'm really good at driving and that's our thing, you know. But honestly, if I try to figure out my way out of some of these neighborhoods around here that have every single twisted street, I get lost. But I'll still try to pretend like I do because I'm stubborn, you know, and I'm sometimes not submitting to leadership that's outside of me. We struggle with submitting to God, pure and simple. We like our own opinions. We like to be in charge instead of listening to the voice of the Almighty. This is part of something that we have to deal with, and we're not always good at it. It's something we struggle with. Some may look at some men and be like, well, there's a kind of a natural, natural leader, right? That, that guy looks like he's a natural leader. He's, you know, most men, I'd say probably all men on some level, not. We're not natural leaders. We have to learn to be leaders. We have to learn to be led. It's part of what has to be broken in us by understanding the curse of sin in our lives. And men struggle with this, again, because of the whole opinionated thing, but also because for us to be submitted under something else means that we have to be then, well, we have to give up power. And we don't like that. <laughs> what do guys like to do? They like to have a man cave, a place where they're in charge, and I get my own remote and my own thing, and I get to choose what I want to do. That's our happy place, kind of, you know, not, not in every single possible way. But I'm just saying, it's part of the struggle that we deal with. You have to understand that they deal with that. Submitting ourselves before the Lord. And a lot of men lack confidence. Now, they may not show it on the outside because we're really good at not showing it on the outside. In fact, we've been trained for our society not to show things on the outside. But on the inside, sometimes we have no idea. You know, you know just before I taught this class, all I did was just sit before the Lord and say, Lord, I, I can't do this in my own strength. I know I'm going to be tempted to try to do it in my own strength, that I can talk my way through this topic, that I have some kind of you know, wisdom inside. But the truth is, Lord, I've got nothing. Would you just move in me? That's one of the hardest things for men to learn how to do. 
is to render, uh, to surrender themselves to the Lord himself and to learn to rely on his power instead of their own. We like dealing with our own power. We do. It's part of the flesh. The second thing, what else do, do you women have to understand about men, about respecting us and leadership? First of all, is understand leadership. The second thing is this issue of toil. Now, I know women have to work too. I'm not, this is not a matter of competing who has to work more. That's not the issue. The issue is this, that the fight during the day for, for men is usually pretty hard. It's just, it's a battle when we have to go into the workplace or a battle when we have to go into a business situations. And, you know, you have to kind of put on battle guard in order to deal with those things. And it's not, it's not easy. For you women who work, you understand that a little bit more. But some people don't understand is what that takes out of a guy. Sometimes a guy gets home after the work day and they understand that, yes, there are things that need to be done at home. All they want to do is sit because the toil has been something that is hard to deal with. That's part of how a woman has to have compassion on what the husband has to deal with, right? That they are going to eat the bread and provide for the family through one word, toil. It may be toil in finance. It may be toil as a gardener. It may be toil as a teacher, toil as a pastor, whatever it is. It's going to have some toil with it. If, if a husband knows that his wife is appreciative of the work that he does, if she just says, you know what? Thank you for going out on the battlefield for our family today. Thank you for taking care of those things. It's just the same thing as when a woman hears, talk to me about it. It's the same thing. It's such a simple thing. But it's, it's an appreciation of what the other one has to deal with under the curses of this world, of this fallen world. You have to learn to have compassion on the other person, to have an understanding of what the other person is dealing with. Or even with, with the husbands that say, you know, going before the Lord to be like, you know, I, I know sometimes it's hard to, to make sure you always are having your, your Bible studies, your time before the Lord, just to keep yourself committed to hearing his word. I just want to encourage you, when you've done that in the past, you've done an amazing job in our home. That guy will be back in his Bible at six o'clock in the morning if he hears words like that because it's encouraging him to fight the good fight. We need encouragement to fight the good fight. We don't have it all together. We need encouragement to submit to godly leadership. And it's the same kind of thing. Your, your, the woman's respect for her husband is, is in, it's entirely this, is being thankful for the work we do in the toil and encouraging us to hear the Lord. So much of marriage comes down to just understanding the curses that the other is under having empathy and understanding and making sure that you're actually ministering in a way that they understand. What often happens when things begin to kind of come apart in a marriage as far as understanding the roles and the curses is that the guy understands his world and expects to minister to her in the way that he needs. It's just not going to work. You have to minister to her in the way that she needs. She needs something different than you do. The reassurance she needs is different than the reassurance you need. And vice versa. If women try to minister to the husbands with what they perceive they need and try to give to him what they need, it's going to backfire. You know? 
women will usually take like a back rub for my wife. That's her favorite thing. So you can relax and chill and she'd be like, that's her safe place, you know. I, I don't mind a back rub, but if you tell me, if you just tell me like, thank you so much for your hard work today, I'm good. Back rub or no, I'm fine. <laughs> Understand what the other one needs and then commit in prayer before the Lord to understanding it and to take care of it, right? So let's just practice real quick and then we'll, we'll have a, a, bit of a, a bit of a break. Husbands, one of the most important things you can say to your wives is what? You guys remember? Talk to me. Tell me about it. Let's all say that together as guys. Ready? Tell me about it. And then you have to do this really hard thing. You have to lock your lips and just listen. My wife and I have had this discussion many times, and I've heard it from many other couples as well, but like, it's a really smart thing. If you begin to start, if, if a discussion starts and maybe there's a problem that your wife is, is, is talking about, it's really important at the beginning for the husband to say and to ask this question. Is this a problem you want me to solve or do you just need me to listen? Nine times out of 10, it's the latter. Every once in a while, it is, it is like, no, no, I just need you to fix the plumbing. Oh, okay, then I'll just go fix it, you know. Nine times out of 10. But you want to stay out of trouble, guys? Don't try to fix it because she, the, the fix she needs is the listening. That is the fix. Might keep you out of some work, too, that you're not supposed to do. Okay, so husbands, tell me about it. And then, listen. Wives, what few words do you need to remember from this session about what you need to tell your husbands to respect them and to submit to them? You guys remember? Thank you for fighting for our family. And what else? Appreciation and continue going before the Lord. You see, you're, if you encourage them to submit to God's leadership and God is going to lead them because that's what God does, then your submission like, works perfectly. The whole thing just becomes this harmonious system. The Lord's pouring into the husband. The husband's leading the right direction. The woman can follow along. And what you have is called a family. Peace. Things work. Rest. Date nights. Love. Imagine that. Marriages that grow in love as opposed to diminish in love. Isn't that crazy that people start off, we fell in love, and then 30 years later, we fell out of love. It's like, what? How, where, where, where in the world do you do things for 30 years and you don't get better at it? And then in marriage, it's like this. It's like, well, that should be the opposite. Why? It's because people have not learned the principles of how to love. They don't understand the things that women deal with. They don't understand the things that men deal with. They don't understand how you're supposed to minister to the other person. Have to keep their perspective. All right? Let's pray and we'll close this session out. Heavenly Father, I pray for all, all who would listen uh, to this study and hear these words of Scripture, Lord. And I, I know the power that they've had in my own life and in my own marriage, Lord, to, to heal things, to fix things, to 
and to show me how to be a, a better husband and a more godly husband. And I just pray for all these gathered here. I pray for those who hear these words, Lord, that you would give them strength and you would encourage them to follow after the specific ways that you've told us how to love our wives and for the wives how to love their husbands, Lord. Would you put your words in their mouths to understand and to live and dwell with understanding and to minister from that perspective that everyone would feel loved in their marriage, that they would feel understood, appreciated. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. 